Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's fall. The geese are headed south, and it's time for you to hit the woods. So button things up, find where they hide, and pattern the deer you seek. Come into Cabela's Great Outdoor Days and save over 20% on Herder's Select Grade Handgun Ammo. Save $180 after mail-in rebate on Walther PPS M2 pistols with instant savings of $80. And get a Vortex Diamondback 3.5 to 10x50 VPlex rifle scope, just $149.99. Shop in-store and at Cabela's.com. This is the Drive and Dish Podcast. Part of the 16 Windering Network. Talking about NBA news, stats, and fantasy. You haven't even started yet! To start it off, it's Tim Tompkins. Part of what makes him such a good defender is, is his ability to switch, his ability to contest that three-point shot, even when he is seven feet away from it, to, to run out and close out on the shooter. Kevin Rayfuse. If Russell Westbrook averages a triple-double for the season and his team makes the playoffs, I don't know how it can be anyone other than him. And Justin Kuzak. I know, I just feel like they got this guy and he's just been injured since. Like, I, I, I'm just, I'm curious to see how they, how they work him into lineups. Like, they've gotten so used to not having him. Like, how do they end up using him? The Drive and Dish Podcast. We start right now. I think most people are familiar with this, but every year they do something called the Darwin Awards, which is just the dumbest ways in which people kill themselves every year. Like, there was one guy who strapped, uh, who stole a, like, jet takeoff engine and strapped it to his Pathfinder, and let's just say it, that went as well as you think it would go. Yeah, it didn't go over well at all. This isn't quite that dark or extreme, but... Every year, and one of my favorite things is just watching people get just terrible tattoos. Yeah, so this guy, Jordan uh, Garrett, a Cowboys fan. Which already is a little suspect. As you guys know, we're suspect. I'm an Eagles fan, Justin's a Redskins fan, so. So you know know where we are, even though we're not big football talk uh, podcast, you know where we are on that. He posted. Hey, Dallas Cowboys, it's official now. Don't let me down. Super Bowl 51 champs tattooed. Uh, He got that on December 6th, 2016. He said, I'm calling it now. And the tattoo that he has, it says Super Bowl, and then it has a Dallas star, and it says L.I. champs. Uh, We all know the outcome. That was wrong. They're out. The Packers (laughs) eliminated the Cowboys. So, So that did not come true. Yeah, so he had to get an update. Which, luckily, in Roman numerals, all you have to do for 52 is add another line. Why? Like, I I almost respect it for doubling down on the stupid. (laughs) But there's just no scenario in which you ever should get a championship tattoo before before you win. 
the only time that's ever worked was Jason Terry. Do you remember that? Jason Terry, before the 2011 season, got the championship trophy tattooed on his arm. Yeah. And then they won the championship that year. They that's beat, right. They upset Miami. That is right. I remember that now. This Jordan Garrett guy. Hello? Hopefully your tattoo is not wrong next year. Yeah. Well, actually, no, no, I no. We, I was going to say, what are you talking <laughs> about? I hope it's wrong every year. I hope it's wrong, but I, I would also feel bad for you. No. You only got one I, no, more. I don't. He's only no. got one more line after Dude, next year. Don't to get, get something stupid like that tattooed on your body plain and simple but i mean at least he's internet famous now so that's something yep know who else is internet famous we hope the driving dish nba podcast welcome everybody my name is kevin rafuse tim Tompkins. he's going to be here later this episode but in the meantime right now our producer justin kuzart that performance was awful i apologize to all the chicago fans and wade fans i mean it's it's dwayne wade yeah yeah, yeah that yeah, last yeah, part really? <laughs> They really, they really blew it on uh, on uh, Friday night. Speaking so. of Friday night results, the Nets beat the Pelicans one hundred and forty three to one twelve. Wow! Just who would have sunk it? Let that sink in for a second. Like, My God, that might be the most outrageous NBA result of the season. This is the part of the episode where we like to give you a shout out for hooking us up with a review on iTunes because it helps other people potentially want to listen to us, and we will show up on more people's searches. So it really helps us, and it is the best thing you can do for us. Yeah. So besides listening, of course, well, but yeah. this review is from America this week. It's a five-star review. It's titled, My Favorite NBA Podcast. It's by Phil Sobosinski. My apologies, Phil. I, I feel like I butchered that, but shout out to you. Mm-hmm. And Phil's review says, I've tried others, and I don't know what it is, but these guys are just my favorite to listen to. They've consistently kept me engaged and entertained, as well as being informative of big league news and little interesting tidbits. Also, SeatGeek is a really great service, so everyone uh, should use them and yes. support the show. Keep up the great work, guys. Also, go Sixers. He He's trusting the process. This um, is a great review. Just all Phil, around, this is a great review. I gotta say, for Phil, we don't know what it is either. We don't know why people like us either. No, I have no idea. <laughs> but like, we just let it ride. We've been trying to figure that out for three and a half years, but <laughs> so. here we are. You guys have been keep rocking with us, and we appreciate that. We do, um, we do. Shout out to Phil for leaving this review. That was awesome. Go Sixers, full of process fever right now. Yes. And SeatGeek is a really great service that we're going to tell you about in a little bit, but right now it's going to... Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. It's fall. The geese are headed south, and it's time for you to hit the woods. So button things up, find where they hide, and pattern the deer you seek. Come into Cabela's Great Outdoor Days and save over 20% on Herder's Select Grade Handgun Ammo. Save $180 after mail-in rebate on Walther PPS M2 pistols with instant savings of $80. And get a Vortex Diamondback 3.5 to 10 by 50 V-Plex rifle scope, just $149.99. Shop in-store and at cabelas.com. Tell me something I do not know. Do not know. Now. If you do not know the present, how can you claim to know the future? Now on NBA News on the Drive and Dish podcast. We need to know now. 
All right, first in your news, the Minnesota Timberwolves and Detroit Pistons have held trade talks centered around Ricky Rubio and Reggie Jackson. Apparently, there is no deal, but the two sides are talking. The Wolves have openly been trying to trade Rubio for some time. Apparently, they want Chris Dunn as their future point guard. Rubio has two seasons left on his deal, and it's valued around $29.2 million. Minnesota said they're also willing to include Shabazz Muhammad in scenarios. He is a restricted free agent in the offseason. Jackson for the Pistons is in the second year of a five-year $80 million contract. The Chicago Bulls are apparently working on pursuing Chris Bosh if he becomes a free agent. The Miami Heat are not expected to waive Bosh until after March 1st to make sure he is not playoff eligible for another team. Bosh's NBA future remains uncertain due to his blood clots. Bosh has also stated himself he is unsure of what his future holds. Looks like the Denver Nuggets are trying to clear their towers down low. They are actively working on finding a trade to move Nurkic before the deadline. He will become eligible for a contract extension this summer and then become a restricted free agent in 2018. The Nuggets have acknowledged that the pairing of Jokic and Nurkic are not successful together. Carmelo Anthony stated that he wants to remain a New York Knick, but he said he would consider leaving if that is what the front office wants. Carmelo Anthony has a no trade clause in his contract, but he said he'd be willing to listen to management if they told him they wanted to make some changes. Weirdly enough, the other day the Sixers claimed a Mo Williams off the waivers. Williams was traded by the Hawks to the Nuggets this week and then waived. The Nuggets and the Sixers had yet to reach the salary floor, so by claiming Williams, the Sixers have eliminated the Nuggets' 1.1 million salary floor-related savings they had taken for themselves. The Phoenix Sun says they are holding out for a first-round pick in exchange for P.J. Tucker. The Clippers have offered a future second-round pick in exchange for him. Doc Rivers is known to be an admirer of Tucker's game. Obviously, that's not enough. Tucker will be a free agent in 2017. We'll see if the Clippers will up their ante. And that's your news for this week. Something. New year, new you. It is 2017. 2017. That means it's time for us to advance on how we do things, especially purchasing tickets to the big game. And that's why I'm telling you about SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a free app for your phone, whether that be iPhone or Android. It doesn't matter. They aggregate tickets from all over the web for sports, concerts, whatever it is, even a play for that matter. You want to go see a musical? You can do that with SeatGeek too. And they use a simple color coding system so you know that you are getting a good deal and they also have a money back guarantee so you can buy your tickets with confidence plus the fees well they're built into the price so it's not like other services that jack them up so when you go to check out almost all of a sudden your tickets are like twice as much and you know exactly who i'm talking about there and best of all is our listeners get 20 bucks off their first purchase so do this even if you aren't buying tickets now get this loaded up on your phone so when you do the 20 bucks will be automatic download the SeatGeek app It's on your app store. Just go look for it. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo. The code is DISH, like drive in DISH, D-I-S-H. And bam, we hook you up and SeatGeek knows you support the show. It's a win-win. Do it. Seriously, they're great. Kevin, Justin, and I, we all use SeatGeek. It's wonderful. Download the app. Use the promo code DISH to save 20 bucks. All right, so the purpose of this episode, we are about the mid-season point of the NBA season in 2016 and 2017 and so we for each 
team this episode all 30 teams are well going... this might be a this might be a two-part we don't know we're, we're starting recording it now goes. yeah right. we're gonna see how time goes so yeah so anyway that may happen so are there going to be our performance management goals? So we're just each we each have one goal for every right. single team what they need to do either for the rest of the season going into the trade deadline or going into the draft this right. year. So, whatever they're looking for. Yeah, so like kind of kind of an example is I feel like most people if they work in like a corporate America type thing is 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 you know, for the year, you have to set goals, like performance goals that you want. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like the best way, I guess, if you like Google performance management goals, they'll say they have to be specific, measurable, agreed upon, attainable, relevant, and time sensitive. Some would say that's smart. Yes. And so that, that that's kind of the approach we're taking here is, is we're pretending we are the bosses of each one of these teams and they're coming in and sitting down and we're saying, here's what we think you should do for your performance management goals right going forward right and i i gotta be honest with you i found uh the teams that were best the hardest yes there was actually one team really? that i think i didn't yeah. write anything down because i want to see what you guys think first because i have no idea okay okay well i so we're <laughs> so, starting we're starting in the east yeah right. i went in alphabetical order so i'm never going to go first right why, why would justin go in alphabetical order <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, wh- why? I just, you know, I, I don't know. I just, and you're, I can just see you prepping, thinking this is a really good idea. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Hawks, Celtics, Nets, Hornets, Bulls, Cavs. <laughs> like, uh, so, so I'll just gonna, go after one of you. So we're gonna go top to bottom in that case. Top to bottom, starting in the East. Right. So first up, we've got the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I'm gonna preface this by saying this was the record at the time of recording this. It's only going to be like a one or two game difference top. So, you know, we know the records may not be 100% accurate. But first up is Cleveland Cavaliers. They are 30 and 11, the defending champions, obviously. I would say if I were to give them a performance management goal going forward, I would say by the end of the trade deadline, find yourself a backup point guard. See, I have the same goal, but I don't think it's something that they need to do by the end of the trade deadline. You would say because they don't necessarily have to trade. Well, okay, yeah. I was, but uh, it's so they can you, still sign players up see, until a certain time. Yeah. Well, okay, but before that time. Then see, I Mario, Mario Chalmers, for example. Nate Robinson. Did you see that one floating around? No, but that's not a bad idea. They just need they need a a backup point guard uh, who doesn't turn the ball Rondo. over, who can play, no, who no, can play good Rondo. defense uh, for ten minutes a game. Right. And yeah. that's all they need. And 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 if. For like, nothing else other than to get Kyrie and LeBron rest going into the postseason. Do you well, think a- they underestimated Delhi? I mean, I mean, the Cavs aren't losing, but I mean, having Delhi as that. Well, I just don't think you were going to pay that much for Delhi. Like right. Delhi went out and got a big contract. Like it's not a guy that you need to pay high premium for. You know, I don't think Delhi. Delhi's been good. He hasn't been great this year for the Bucks. But so yeah, the Cavs definitely. I mean, to Tim's point, Kyrie Irving. There's just the depth falls off a cliff. Like that's the only position the Cavs have where they don't really have that depth. Um, they have the rookie Kay Felder, but again, he's a rookie. Are you really going to be able to lean on him for heavy minutes and beyond that? I mean, you could maybe put Jordan McRae there, but is that what you want going into the playoffs? I agree. So, you know, I, I think that's definitely up there. I mean, mine was simple. Just kind of for me, it was kind of by the end of the season, get healthy and stay healthy. You know, yeah. the Cavs are still the heavy favorites to be through the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, Toronto really, I think, is the only one that any of us believes can has a chance to remotely knock them off. You know, they should get back to the finals. And at that point, they need everybody to be healthy. We see how much they're missing J.R. Smith right now. Um, the fact of the matter is when the Cavs play the Warriors potentially or somebody of that high caliber coming out of the Western Conference, you need somebody other than DeAndre Liggins in the starting lineup. He's given them quality minutes as an excellent defender, but you just can't lean on him too much for offense. I was going to say the Warriors did put on a show against them when they played last. 
So that's a, well, the Warriors that's a needed that win. Concern, we I said think. that the Warriors needed that win, and we'll get into the Warriors in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's a game that if they can't let the Cavs get that much of a mental advantage over them, agreed. So the next team is the Toronto Raptors. As of right now, they are twenty-eight and fifteen in second place. Oh, let me scroll down to T. Highest <laughs> point differential in the East as well. All right, well, I'll start this one off. Uh, Jared Solinger isn't a long-term solution at power forward, mm-hmm. and they rotate uh, their power forward uh, starting between the they'll start one power forward at the beginning of the game and a different power forward mm-hmm. uh, at halftime or coming out of half. And so um, I, I think that. They need to be aggressive at the trade deadline and figuring out what the uh, what they want to do with the power forward position. Fun, fun fact: it wasn't under T; it was under R for Raptors. Right, was, oh, um, uh, but I completely agree with you. I said pull the trigger on Millsap if they end up get, if the Hawks get to that point. I also saw some Abaca rumors. I don't know how that would fare. I don't. Well, it's that's a that's a financial thing. Yeah. I think I think Abaca would be really great for them. Um, but yeah, there there are a lot of rumors circulating right now that Serge Abaca is going to be gone out of Orlando. We'll see if that happens right. but regardless if you are the toronto raptors you that need to figure out this power you. forward position and yeah. it, even if you don't find somebody it doesn't matter well, just figure out who your power for your starting but if it's norman powell fine if you want to play some small ball with terrence ross fine if you want it to be jared Hollinger, fine you have to lock the lineup in like you can't go into it still figuring it out right because players need to spend a certain amount of time on the court mm-hmm. playing together so mm-hmm. that they can be a cohesive unit going into the postseason I, I agree with that one. Yeah, you guys pretty much hit it all. I was going to say by the end of the trade deadline, I'd like to see them make a play at a power forward. Really, Paul Millsap, obviously, would be the home run for them if he's still out there. I think they need to improve that position. You know, the Cavs got better by adding Kyle Korver. If you're Toronto, Kyle Lowry's 30. He's going to be a free agent next year. You have to decide what to do there. You've gone all in on him and DeRozan. Like, you, this is your chance. Like, you got to go for it. I agree. Third, we got the Boston Celtics. They are 26 and 16 right now. I mean, the Celtics for me, we we talk about the Celtics for the past two or three years, and I think they've been in every single trade scenario ever. And if you're the Celtics, you've obviously went out and got Al Horford in the offseason. That was your big free agent acquisition. I think Isaiah Thomas continues to get better and has been better than even Boston would have expected in their wildest dreams. Oh, so I guess oh, for- hold on. Before you go, yeah, no, a lot of people on Twitter did not like our claim that Lowry was I would, the best I would guard. argue that we got more retweets for that than we did. There was someone that... <laughs> I know, and you and somebody responded. So this kid, had he responded. responded. Right, but the thing is, you didn't read the rest of the conversation where me and him really bonded, and then he like sent us a tweet back and said, oh, I really love your show. I'm so oh. sorry for saying that. <laughs> and then like three hours later, I get on Twitter, and I look at our Twitter feed, and someone wrote, wrote this kid back and said, you better listen before you make those comments. And I thought in my head, I was like, damn it, Justin. Well, to be fair, I clicked on it, and I was looking, and I didn't see the conversation. I was like, well, this guy should listen before like, he makes a judgment. That it stays being our like our one downfall on Twitter. Like there are so many instances too where I'll come in in the morning and because I'm I'm the first one in, so I'll look at our Twitter and I'll see our mentions overnight and I'll like shoot some responses to four or five of them real quick. And then Justin comes in and like retweets the same exact thing, making the same exact point like five minutes later, and it's just like. It's all right, though. We we are showing love, and I, and I wasn't saying it as an angry thing. I was just saying you should listen before you make a judgment call like that. Well, well he listens, so thank you. hopefully MVP. he still listens. I think was, he was MVP on, on Twitter. We had, like, a legit 20, 25-minute conversation <laughs> about, like, different point guards in the East. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, well, I mean, it was a know. long trail. You should really go in there and read it. <laughs> I'll go back and read it yeah. and then apologize. All right. Anyway, <laughs> back to the Celtics. So I guess the overall point that I have with the Celtics is you've got Thomas, you've got Horford, go out there and you got to make a splash. Like the Celtics have too many assets, as ridiculous as that sounds. You have a very high probability of getting the number one overall pick this year. So you're going to add another talented player. I mean, if you get Markel Fultz, spoiler alert, he's the clear number one prospect to me right now. I think that'd be a big time addition for the Celtics or any other team that's able to get him you know go for the home run right now you have a lot of assets built up you've got a great coach in brad stevens people will want to play with horford and it you know get this thing going because it's not like the celtics just haven't done enough so far to get to that toronto and cleveland level like they're just a step behind them i want to see the celtics catch up they definitely needed that win over the raptors i would have liked to see that um i went more for kind of what's plagued them all season they're 28th in the league for rebounds, only 41 a game, only ahead of the Kings and Mavs. So I said, find find a rebounder. Find your find a way to have a down-low presence on the board. Yeah. I think that's one of the main things holding them back. Well, a lot of this has to do with, uh, you know, on the on the offensive end anyway, mm-hmm. is that they have uh, Horford, um, you know, out there on the perimeter. And how much does that impact your Well, he's never been a great rebounder. Rebounder. Even in Atlanta, for all Al Horford's abilities, he's never been really a, a stellar rebounder at that five position. I think they knew that. They need to get somebody, you know, to right, just point can, around them. You can change your s- scheme, though. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are, are things you can do without adding uh, a rebounder. And even if you want to make sure that, that the guards are collapsing, um, you know, on, on the glass right. instead of running back in transition. There there are ways that you can so go maybe, about this. So maybe instead of saying find a, a rebounder is find a rebounding identity for the team. Right. Instead at, at of least on the, getting somebody. At least on the defensive end. I, I don't think there's too much of a correlation between offensive rebounding and, and winning. Um, that being said is that you need to get those those defensive rebounds because you need to stop the offensive possession by the other team, and that's going to raise yep. your so defici- defensive uh, efficiency. De- for defensive rebounds, just a quick look, they are 26th in the league, only above the Raptors, Kings, Timberwolves, and Magic. Right. Uh, or, sorry, Mavericks, about 31 a game. Yeah, so. that means you're giving up a mm-hmm. lot of uh, second-chance point opportunities at the very least. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, with with the Celtics, it's it's they have a really big decision coming up with Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need to decide what way they want to go. They want to give Isaiah Thomas uh, $150 million at the age of 30 when he's really short, great offensively. He hurts you defensively. And just whatever decision that is, Roll with it and build around it. So if, if you don't want to re-sign Thomas, get rid of Thomas while his, his value is really high. If you do want to re-sign Thomas, then put the correct players around him. I was going to say, did you see the uh, the meme that was going around? It must have been from a Celtics game. There was like a baby wearing a Thomas jersey. And I guess the announcers were talking about Thomas, so his stats were at the bottom. And then the <laughs> camera panned over to him. And I, it's so everyone's like, oh... It just looked really, really bad. Almost like they were mocking that he's short. Oh no, I did. <laughs> I'll show it to you sometime. I mean, he, you know, he tries his hardest, but he closes out on the shooters, and they just shoot right over him. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? That uh, they have to make that decision. Well, here's, well, here's the uh, well, no. Here, here is the question though. Like, I'll just throw you fastball real quick. Are you paying Isaiah Thomas 150 million? I mean, you look at his defensive numbers when he's on the court, and it's it's a detriment to the team. And it's not that he's not valuable. It's just uh, maybe I'm wrong with Harden this year. We'll see how everything plays out. But it's it's that same thought that if you have a number one player player that you can't win a championship with then they're useless and so maybe that's a Carmelo Anthony argument right there but if you have Isaiah Thomas you can't win a championship with a point guard that small then you don't pay him that money I still blame the Knicks for Carmelo Anthony not winning a championship by the way I blame that more on Knicks I mean Melo's just old now 
we'll get into the Knicks later. That's we a, talked about Knicks a lot recently. Thing, yeah. yeah. Um, so next up, number four, the Atlanta Hawks. They are 25 and 18 right now. A bit of an interesting season for the Hawks already. <laughs> Obviously, Kyle Korver out the door is the biggest news. I for them have it's kind of a it's kind of a confusing thing. I said in general figure out your direction are you going to continue to win or is it time to start losing because when they let go of corver i thought it was we're done it's over i think we all did it's they're done for the season they did that for defensive reasons it turns out right well already the hawks are 23rd in the league now for three-point percentage Mm -hmm. so i think for their for the big men down low maybe like Millsap and stuff like that like if you can get that three-point percentage up again, find 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 your three-point shooter. You got rid of Corver, so now you need a three-point shooter that's going to be your go-to guy. Yeah, I would say for the Hawks, it would be for myself is to, is to make a decision on Paul Millsap now. Are you going to re-sign him in the summer? If you are not going to re-sign him in the summer, he's 32 years old, you're going to be giving a lot of money. Then you trade him regardless of what that decision is, uh, figure it out, and then move with that decision. So mm-hmm. sort of the same for the Celtics. You gotta be all, everyone needs to be on the same page here. And I guess, I don't know, I and, and the thought around the league in general when they let Korver go, it kind of sounded like they were done. Well, I think they started shopping him, and uh, they started shopping a bunch of their players, and <laughs> they weren't getting the return they wanted and then they also realized how bad of a PR move um it would be it would be to to totally blow it up when you are fourth, fourth. Yeah. yeah well they went streaking too they traded Corver and they were in the minute I think it was a seven game win streak they were ripping off when that happened so yeah I mean it's it was interesting for the Hawks and I think they definitely do need to figure that out I'm still again you know I wonder what Toronto can throw at them to try to get Millsap, but it seems like they backed off that a bit. It's something we'll have to keep an eye on with the deadline coming up. Um, for me with the Hawks, it's just as simple as figuring out your rotations. You know, I think with Corver out now, um, if, if you're going into all-in to win this year, you know, you have, you know, Schroeder's obviously in a bigger role this year. Um, you've got Cephalosha, who's been in the starting lineup at times. You know, get your rotations down. You know, get running Budenholzer system. We've seen that work in the past, and if you're going to go for it, go for it. I was going to say, uh, just kind of looking at their um, players getting to see a good amount of minutes. Yeah, looking down the roster, I think there's only four people on the roster that's seeing less than 10 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of rotations, which I'm okay right. with, but you're out who your guys are. I think it works for them. I don't think it works for other teams that we will get into when we mm-hmm. go into the other conference. Moving on to the Wiz. Yeah, moving on to the Wiz, they are fifth right now, surged up the standings all the way to 23-19 and 19 right now. Obviously, off to a really slow start, but the Wiz have really turned it on recently. And they started six and twelve on the season. Yeah, it was uh, I really, I really want to do a pod about the the way that they've been able to uh, turn it around. That's gonna happen. We're gonna drop maybe spoiler alert for everyone, or I guess we're gonna go on a random note here. We're really excited because I think we're gonna. I mean, we can say this now. I think we're gonna be dropping a higher frequency of episodes because Tim got this awesome new mic, Justin got this awesome new mic, I got this awesome new any audio interface so that I could hook that up to my mic. So what you know, when something big happens, we can give you not an emergency pod because you know that everybody says emergency pod and it's not gonna be an emergency. I pod. I despise that name. Yeah, like, it, it's like that, nails uh, on a chalkboard. Remember that thing I made that was like it's an emergency podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim was just like, no, no, stop. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll it's be like, dropping them more frequently, and then with guests too, we'll bring them on, and mm-hmm. it'll be great. Yeah. But we are going to have a Wizards episode, so right. stay tuned for that. So I'll start off this Wizards one because it was on the video that we put up on our Facebook page, which, by the way, uh, Kevin and Justin did a Facebook Live where we gave our all-star reaction, or they gave their all-star reaction. So if you were hoping to get our all-star reaction, go ahead and 
and like us on Facebook because Kevin and Justin talked about that for a good 10, 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, for the Wizards, it would be to get Jason Smith off the court, lock him away in a closet far, <laughs> far away from any sort of basketballs. Uh, they're going to be reevaluating Jan Mahimi at the end of January, depending on how that turns out. If it's good news, great. Um, they can stop playing uh, Jason Smith. Um, if th that isn't good news for Jan Mahimi, though, it would be to work on getting a, a backup big uh, off the bench for the trade deadline because they, they have to stop playing Jason Smith. Did Jason Smith take your lunch money? He's like the worst basketball player of all time. <laughs> I would, you kind I mean, of, he's so bad. My my point is kind of similar to yours. I said bench in general. Find some bench help. Right, but it, it all starts with Jason Smith. <laughs> it all starts with that. But in general, I think the Wizards need help on the on the uh, the bench i think their front court can be suspect at times um but i but i think that can also be helped if if they're not playing so many minutes and you can get some people off the bench to help right they like it's not that i have an issue with them playing jason smith it's that when they play jason smith they, they let him touch the ball <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's my issue yeah well and it's just you can't like who really on the whiz bench has gone out and done anything crazy this year i mean ooh, ooh, like Ubre showing Oubre. life which trey is burke cool had a few moments I, I dude i just don't think trey burke is good okay. and i'll never really think trey burke is good he just keep he just guns and he guns inefficiently mm -hmm. so, um andrew nicholson obviously they're playing a uh, uh, not marcus smart why am i what about marcus thornton marcus thornton, marcus thornton yeah. thank yeah. you very much yeah marcus thornton was really they do need they need to shore up that bench but i think that not allowing jason smith to touch a ball on really the offensive end obviously defensively if he gets the rebound you're going to allow him to do that no, but immediately get the ball from him <laughs> <laughs> but i watch him i watch jason smith play on any offensive possession he's the only player open because of course he, he would is. be the only player open and then he just breaks every shot and it's i've never seen him do anything good <laughs> all right Jason Smith. We'll move on. No, um, I, I thought about doing bench too. Like, um, why does that guy make money though? That's it. Well, he's a. It is. It he's is an NBA player. It, it is the prototype of of somebody being in the right place at the right time and hold on, being hold on, the right. He's been in the league for years. Let's look up his numbers. He's let's had. A, I think he's been in the league like seven or eight years. I know, and it's it's because he's tall. Jason you, Smith, four point five points per game, two point eight rebounds. Less than a half of an assist a game. How many seasons have he been in the league? Uh, one, two, since 08. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's good. I'm and not saying it means wait, he's good, on, but like, you got to respect that run. Wait, no, on, you can't just scrub your way on, to wait. seven seasons in the NBA. His plus minus has gotten worse every year since he came into the league. He was only positive his rookie year. Uh, his worst year being a minus 5.2 in 2014-2015. I really want to get Jason Smith on this podcast. No, he's not coming now. <laughs> I'd love to do it. Like, I might do a, like I might try to do a one-on-one -on -one interview with Jason Smith. Like, I, this, Hit this, up the Wizards PR. I might. Like, this This might happen. You would be the only person wanting to interview him. There there are certain people that are just blessed with inalienable gifts of, of being tall and happen to share a real love for the game. And look, man, if, if you're seven feet tall and you How have any ability to move... You'll probably get paid in the in the NBA. How did we get on a Jason Smith roast? I'm not talking about the Wizards. I'm just <laughs> okay. they need to fix that situation. Yeah, and they they've gotta... tried with Jan Mahimi. It's not their fault, but they need to stop. Yeah. It's Scotty Brooks, dude. Scotty Brooks just plays these bigs that are god awful, and that's what he does. I will say Gortat so underrated. Yeah, Gortat's still good. He, he's not he's not a good rim protector, but I. Those emphatically believe he is the best screener in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> he's been good for them too. Who? Keith's been good for them too. Oh, Keith, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. no, he has been. I he mean, has, Markeith but... Morris is is a great power forward when he wants to be there. Right, and that's yeah. that's the problem. He doesn't always show up. All right, so my goal for the Wizards is pay Otto Porter. 
Um, he's finally re- like we saw it two seasons ago when they made the playoffs, kind of the potential of what he could be. And then last year he kind of regressed a bit, had some growing pains, started to figure it out in the second half of the season. This year I think Otto Porter's played a lot of quality minutes for them. You know his numbers up all around the board. His points are up. All his advanced numbers are up. His warp has gone up this year. His real blocks plus minus has gone up this year. So. I mean, pay the guy. Like, you want to invest in your young talent. He fits the timeline of John Wall and Bradley Beal, who's clearly the backcourt that you've committed to and are rocking with. You know, get your trio down. Get the guys you want to build around down. And, you know, start getting this thing together. I will say his three-point percentage has really rocketed up this year. Uh, he had 36% last year. He's at 45 this year. It's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. It's been a real, like, it's just one of those things. Every once in a while in the NBA, you have something that just kind of happens out of nowhere. This is mm-hmm. one of those things where you saw the potential, but it looked like it wasn't going to happen, and then it happened in a big way this year. So I think he's earned the money. Pay him. Next up in sixth, we got the Indiana Pacers at 22 and 20. I think for the Pacers, that consistency is key with this team that they need to build chemistry between Teague Turner uh, and Paul George. I mm-hmm. think that's the core that they're going to be moving forward with. Um, not just this season, but really throughout the next few seasons, they're going to end up paying Teague at the end of the season. Obviously, Paul George is their star. Miles mm-hmm. Turner is their uh, you know up and comer. And, but those three guys are who you need to build consistency with. <clears throat> Don't worry about how far you make it this season. Just worry about building consistency and uh, uh, chemistry on the court with those three players. My um, my while I and so it kind of mirrors what you're saying except I focused in mainly on one player and I was kind of saying figure out what you're going to do with Monta Ellis well his, trade him or yeah, 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 his numbers do something are, don't put him in the starting his lineup his numbers are really down this year I know he's on my fantasy 27% team. from three he's still playing almost 30 minutes a game so it's like you got to figure out what you're going to do with him I don't know if it's an injury or if it just age is finally playing no it's it's the way that they're running their their they have they have Dominant. They have players that need shots uh, mm-hmm. on their team. They, Paul George needs a ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs shots. You have Jeff Teague, who needs shots and should be shooting, uh, who needs a ball in his hand. You have Miles Turner, who you have to develop and has to get a certain amount of shots uh, a, a game. And that essentially, it's it's the the situation that the Portland Trailblazers had uh, with Miles Turner is there's only one ball to go around, and certain players are only effective with that ball in their hand. And that's why I think my uh, 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 Monte Ellis hasn't been effective this year. Okay. Well, yeah, that's so that that's my part of it is figure out what you're going to do with Monte Ellis. I don't think it's too worried about your or you should be too worried about winning it crazy this year. Uh, I still think, you know, make the playoffs would be a good goal as well. But yeah, but I, I think they should make the playoffs. They should. And that's why I'm saying that. But I think I think uh, figure out what you're going to do with Monte Ellis for sure. Yeah, I think Teague has turned it around. It's been a pleasant surprise. Um, my thing with the Pacers is just, like, start to string together some games, start to build that, like, kind of Tim's point with the chemistry. Like, Paul George's numbers has, have been down, but the biggest thing is just, like, Paul George's body language has just not mm-hmm. been there this year. Like, you hear post-game comments from this team, and they just don't seem interested. Like, even when they win, they're like, oh, man, like, it shouldn't even have been that close kind of attitude. Like, they just look dejected all the time. Like, you have Miles Turner, an extremely talented rookie. Jeff Teague has come around to my... Which He's not a rookie. A little bit earlier, or yeah, soft young talent. You know, what I mean, his rookie year was mm-hmm. a little bit ago. But with Miles Turner, you know, taking that leap over his first few years, and then you know, you've got Jeff Teague, who I said has come around. You know, you've got Paul George. He's had superstar numbers in the past. They're all been down this year. You guys can go check out Adam Joseph's article on sixteenwinsaring.com. He goes heavily into that and talking about you know what's been up with Paul George this well, I mean, year. He'll do a better job explaining it than I will. But it's just, yeah, it's a Tim's point. Like, they got to build chemistry and start to get this thing going. Like, they lost a lot of guys in the offseason, so. I mean, they're down, but they aren't, like. They're not out. Like, they're in the thick of this. 
No, no, I'm talking about Paul George in particular. Like, if you, if you want to look at his his counting stats, like they're a little bit down than they have been in years past, but it's it's not like they aren't still quality numbers. They just aren't up there with like superstar numbers. Um, mm-hmm. And to your point, Kevin, the the article on 16 wins a ring that really dove into Paul George's numbers compared to other superstars is he's a lot closer to uh, you know in that same mold as like Carmelo Anthony than he is uh, you know a Kevin Durant as far mm-hmm. as numbers go this this season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he wasn't talking about shooting percentages; he was talking about uh, counting stats in particular. But um, I would say Paul George's numbers are down, but it's it's not a cause for concern. It's not like a huge drop. It's not like the Carmelo Anthony drop that we're looking at this year. I would say, other than I think it looks like his rookie year, his field goal percentage is the highest it's uh, it's been. Yeah. So there's still some bright spots with Paul George. I mean, he's still a star for sure. Whether or not he wants to say, we'll see. All right, so we just want to take time to highlight the unquestionably raw NBA podcast. Our fellow podcasters here on the 16 Wins a Ring podcast network, Pete, Matt, and Keith do just a great job of mixing up the latest hot takes with the latest news, notes, and analysis from around the association, covering not just the hot topics, but each team in depth. Now, you're familiar with these guys. Pete's been a friend of the show for a long time. Keith Smith, you've heard on our program many times, one of the best up-and-coming writers in the game right now. And Tim is guested on the unquestionably raw NBA podcast as well so maybe you've heard them from there but seriously great stuff from the three guys and most importantly Pete is a process truster so you know that's good in Justin and I's book every time seriously check them out they're on the 16 wins a ring podcast network they are fellow podcasters in arms one of my favorite shows to listen to and I'm getting all my news to prep for the drive and dish podcast every single week so yeah check it out on iTunes subscribe there and then leave a five-star written review help them move up the rankings Next up is the Hornets right now. They're in the seventh seed in the East, 22 and 21. Speaking of, before we get on, you hear they're raising their ticket prices by 9%? No. They are. That's So, Hornets fans, sorry. Yeah, yeah just, just putting that. I, I, for the Hornets, said you need to win on the road. They are 8 and 13 on the road. I feel like that could really help them. This team in general just kind of flies under the radar, which I'm okay with. Um, but I think if you could if you could get some more wins on the road, that would really help the team out and uh, and and you know boost their boost their spot in the playoffs. Well, they've just had a tough stretch of games in general. They're three and seven over their last ten. Um, really been down. Um, Nick Batum has been banged up, which obviously isn't helping. He's one of the bigger parts of that team. My goal for the Hornets, though, is not just to make the playoffs, but kind of rise up a little bit. You know, win a first round series. Kemba's having an All Star year. You know, you've got a pretty decent bench rotation. I, you know, you lost a guy like Jeremy Lin, but you got Bellinelli in the mix, which is nice. You got him pretty cheap as well which is just great um you know get Batum healthy you know ride Kemba and you know win a playoff series you know Charlotte's hungry for that they haven't had that in a while in basketball so you know get over the hump win a first round series you know you are not going to win the championship with this team but you know getting a something in your belt matters getting that notch in your belt I agree uh, myself for the Hornets, I have a defense falls off a cliff when MKG is out, but when he's in, uh, so does the offense. Uh, so they need to really work with those lineups and figure out a rotation so they can find a, a healthy balance mm-hmm. um, with their defense and their offense and uh, using MKG to the best of his ability, but not um, having their offense play Stop such it. a detriment because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was one of the things I wanted to put uh, defense as as a whole because they kind of recently have been struggling on defense. But then I saw that when MKG's in, they do pretty well on defense. So yeah, but like, then their right. offense suffers so right. much. Right, so it's like you know, a give and take. Mm-hmm. You know, you, and you Nick, but, Nick Batum being out right now is a is a real mm-hmm. yeah. uh, barn burner for him. He is arguably the the most valuable player on that team. 
for sure. Do you think he's more valuable than Kemba? Uh, I think that Kemba plays a lot better in that lineup when yeah. uh, when Batum's in. Kemba's almost like the heart and soul, and Batum's like the guy who just gets the numbers on the board, if that makes sense. I mean... Like, Kemba's, like Kemba's the identity of that team. Right, Kemba's the leading scorer, but Nick Batum is the the glue guy. He's the Draymond Green aspect. Yeah, like the player. master, yeah, yeah mastermind behind the behind yeah. the. You need those guys. Yeah, I agree. So the next team is the Bulls. They're sitting at eighth right now, twenty one and twenty three. It is obviously not going the way they hoped it would. The and roster problems mention, are real. They were, uh, they were embarrassed last night. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was ugly. The Everything is not going right. The Rondo situation obviously is a mess. And my goal for the Bulls, and let me preface this by saying I think he was put in an impossible situation and maybe could succeed somewhere else. But I think they got to let Fred Hoiberg go. Um, I just think everybody is underachieving this year. I think Miritich has been really disappointing. I think McDermott has either been hurt or disappointing. Butler's been playing really well. well Jimmy Butler is great. Like we Jimmy Butler I ha- we all had on our starting all-star teams and he is an all-star starter this year. Like he's quietly having an MVP caliber season. Like Jimmy is playing great, but just every single offensive possession that the Bulls have is just so painful to watch. Like they just there's no ball movement. It just ends in a forced jumper half the time. I mean, it's ugly, man. They got and unfortunately somebody's got to go. I think the Bulls changes really need to come at the top. Well, they but, owe Hoiberg like twenty five million. Yeah, so the likelihood of them them cutting Hoiberg, I, I think, isn't isn't that mine. It kind of goes along that that same spectrum though. I think for the Bulls, it's just just figure out what you're doing as a franchise. Uh, they don't. They 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 don't seem to have a lot of direction with these older players. Not a lot of younger talent pieces that don't fit. Just find a direction and and go with it. Mimicking what you were saying, I was saying you know build around Butler. I really liked the, the little bit that uh, Denzel Valentine did play. He kind of showed some flashes that he knew or or was going to be able to get to a point. So maybe develop him a little bit more, which would mean figuring out what you're going to do with Rondo and uh, Michael Carter Williams. I mean, I. I I think there's a spot for one of them. Uh, I would, I would at this point say probably Michael Carter Williams should stay and get rid of Rondo because I don't know what you're doing with Rondo at this point. Rondo's just got to go. Like it's not going to end well. The situation's already a mess. Like just you got to cut ties, take the L, right. and move on. Right. So I, I think you know you know start building around Butler and figure out what you're going to do with the younger guys and maybe get them some minutes so they can develop. Yeah, I'm not ready to trade Jimmy Butler yet. No. Like he's just way too good. I don't think you get talent that often. Like. If, if it gets to the point where you think he's going to leave in a few years and you just aren't in a position where he'll ever fit your timeline, I'm all about recouping assets. But I just, you know, it was like Boogie in the past few years where I just don't think you trade talent like that. Well, and that. with the, with the uh, new CBA agreement, it's going to be a lot more of players. Players are going to want to stay. Yeah, oh, Boogie's not leaving Sacramento. Yeah. And you know, like, he has 200 million reasons why he shouldn't leave Sacramento. Right. Right, and that's why I think, uh, in general, I think a lot of people are saying this is going to be a trading lead league more than players saying, "Oh, I want to leave." No, I mean, which is good. I mean, Thunder kind of got screwed on that, but you know, <laughs> one season too late. So, yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Now we are officially in the non-playoff teams. First up is Milwaukee, in ninth right now. They are twenty and twenty-two. Giannis and Jabari Parker are amazing franchise cornerstones. Super fun team to watch this year. And so I guess my point with the Bucks is I would like to see them add some depth. Um, obviously, getting Chris Middleton back is going to help in a big time, Tony, in a big way. Tony Snell has played quality minutes for them, and I think he'll be better served off the bench, which will help. But at the same time, for the Bucks, you know, you made the playoffs two years ago. 
Um, you want to come? I, you missed it last year. I think they took a step backwards this year, but obviously you've had the big steps by Giannis. Jabari Parker is healthy and continues to develop, and I'd like to see them. You know, with young teams like this, when you have your guys, you're going to build around, and they are starting to take those steps into you know better NBA players. I'd like to see them begin to get that playoff experience. Plus, you know, if they can avoid that eight, that seven seed, maybe you know, I, if I'm Toronto, I don't want to play Milwaukee in the playoffs. And I think if they even get up to a six, they could potentially win a playoff series. I was gonna say with the with the Bucks, that's exactly what I said. I said keep on keeping on. You know, get yourself into the playoffs. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a great rookie. Steal the draft. Yeah, easily. So cool. I think he's the only one with a triple-double. I know he does for sure. Yeah, he has one. one. Um, and then so, uh, I mean, Giannis is awesome. I Maybe figure out if I mean, Greg Monroe has been playing really well off the bench, but they're paying him a good amount of money. So, I, it, you know, maybe figure out if you want to keep paying him to be off the bench. He's, he's having career to, numbers. Yeah, though. he's taken to that role well, which yeah. is nice. You know, obviously you'd never quite want to pay a bench player that much, but you can't really argue with the results. He's played much better since coming off the bench. And, and you he don't seems have, happier. Well, and you there. don't have to sell low on him, yeah. too. That's the other thing is last year, dude, just had no value for Greg Monroe. You know, with Greg Monroe showing what he can do off the bench, if you decide you want to move on from him, you find a buyer you'll be able to leverage it a little bit more, which is important. Okay, so he's playing Ennis Cantor, paying yeah. Ennis Cantor that much to come off the bench, and I think it works just fine. Yep. Okay. Like, I, I love Ennis Cantor off the bench for OKC, but we haven't gotten there yet. Uh, for the Bucks, mine is to be mindful about bringing Chris Middleton back too early. Uh, they have a really bright ball. future with that team. Um, uh, Chris Middleton is a huge part of that core moving forward the 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 points the production the spacing he provides off the floor mm-hmm. don't bring him back too early just so you can make a, a playoff run and risk injury with with chris middleton i was gonna say you know he got a few all-star votes he did he did <laughs> he did the, the players the players really who's, who's more to didn't blame? come through i was gonna say who's more to blame the fans or the or the players the players the players because well the fans but the fans are gonna be biased That's the fans fine. are weighted more though right but the players just totally dropped the ball uh, half the players didn't turn in their uh their their list at all a lot of them thought of it as a joke um, mo williams got votes right. uh middleton got votes uh simmons got votes yeah like, it's just i don't know it's, you know um who was it? It was uh, uh, Tony Allen that that voted in um, every for the West every starter on the Grizzlies. You know, just <laughs> that's fair. I mean, it's fair, but well, that was the, that was what we worried about with player voting is you got to stick up for your boys, so it right. makes it tough. Like, well, there were just some people that just found that some Michael Beasley got a vote. I mean, yeah, Ben Simmons got votes. Yeah, well, that's what we're saying. So I, I whatever we can move on. That's a rant for another day. <laughs> yeah, but, and look, go back and listen to our Facebook Live. Justin and I talked about that a little bit there. So the next up, we got the Detroit Pistons. They are 20 and 24, sitting in the 10 spot right now. Uh, game out of the playoffs, but the Pistons have been disappointing this year, to say the least. Yeah, so for the Pistons, this all comes down to defending the three-point shot, um, and that seems to be the the huge problem with their with their with their defense and. Uh, I think that the Pistons guards and, and their wing players need to close out on the three-point line and, and trust the, the defense of, uh, you know, whoever the, the center and the power forward is playing at the moment mm-hmm. to, to close out on that guard and stop the, stop the penetration. But they're, they're giving up a really high percentage of shots um, from behind the three-point arc. That being said, they have found a way to cut down on the number of attempts that teams are taking from behind the three-point arc, which which can be the first line of defense. But I think they need to double, double down on that and close out on those shooters hard and trust their interior defenders. 
Yeah, that's for the most part what I was saying. There was a point uh, for 12 games in a row or something like that, or 15 I think it was, where they were giving up like 111 points per game. So I was saying in general, reform that defense to, to really be rock solid. It's a, it's a three-point, it's a yeah. percentage behind the arc that teams are shooting. Mm-hmm. It is, it's definitely a problem. If you're giving away threes, you're <laughs> you're in a bad spot. Right. So. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. I said, uh, you know, focus on the defense. I'm looking ahead a little bit. I um, Contavious Caldwell Pope was a free agent this year. I think the Pistons should pay him. Um, I think you need to build consistency when you're looking at a team as young as this. You want to build that identity. I think he's given them a lot of quality minutes when healthy this year. I think he's a good scorer. His effective field goal percentage is up. His general field goal percentage is up. His advanced numbers are looking a, a, li- a little bit better this year, albeit in less minutes because of some of the injuries. But still, I think you need to build the culture, get your guys around, and I think that's going to be the first big free agent decision you have to make with this young talent. And I think he's a guy who the Pistons should want to keep around. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while GEICO could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, GEICO has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Support for this podcast comes from Everbrook Academy, a 21st century preschool, which opens this September in Arlington. With programs for infants through pre-K, their STEAM curriculum offers hands-on learning in science, technology, engineering, the arts, and math. Learn more at everbrookacademy.com. So the next team is the New York Knicks. They are 19 and 25. We've talked about the Knicks extensively recently. Can I hold the count? Not to interrupt you, Kevin. Well, actually, it is specifically to interrupt you because <laughs> uh, that's what I'm doing right here. But um, so I do this radio show, Knock on, Knock on Sports, every Friday or whatever where I go mm-hmm. on. And legit, I have spent so much time talking about the Knicks. I guess it on the Superflight podcast. Talking about the Knicks. I've talked about the Knicks like every week for like a month and a half. <laughs> and I'm like not a Knicks expert. Well, and so that kind of... that. Well, that was like when Justin and I semi-turned into Grizzlies experts for like a three-week period. Dude, like, that, we were on Grizzly Bear Blues Live. Shout out to Joe. Like we had an entire episode about the Grizzlies. And then like the next some, episode came up and we just kept talking about the Grizzlies just for like 20 Grizzly minutes. Just ordered Grizzly as experts for three weeks. <laughs> right. Like, we had a, and I think I'm going to Memphis in um, March. So I'm really excited i'm gonna try to go when i can catch a grizz game you should Um, i just fully embraced my now random semi-expertness pick me up a shirt while you're down there i'll give you some money for it all right but my goal actually kind of mimics that thought is the knicks have been in the news so much for the past month month and a half that i i was saying that for the Knicks, smart goal is calm mellow down if he's not going to leave, because it's on him if he takes that player option or not, right? I mean, you could try to trade him, but... Well, it, it, well he's got no trade clause. So. The, the oh, no, there's no, no trade right, clause. The so. no trade clause, the thing about it, though, is if he waves that, he gets a 15% kicker. Now, Melo did come out recently over saying the last day or so, well, saying he wants to stay, but that if the Knicks want to blow it up, and they don't think he that needs he's to be told that so, he needs to be told and right. that he's willing to to waive it to certain teams yeah. right so and, so my thing with that is make mellow happy because he kind of becomes very vocal when he's not happy and and new york in general is a very you know newsworthy town and anything that happens anywhere you make a wrong look the knicks be stay the under scrutiny right so so make mellow happy if you're going to trade him you know do it 
in a way that's going to make him happy. I think Phil Jackson needs to be talking to the press more. Uh, he doesn't do that really often at all. And, he puts it all on Horny. And poor Hornacek is just trying to dodge bullets up there. So I think Phil Jackson needs to become more more involved in the aspect of talking to the press in general. And that's my two two things going forward because I think that kind of toxic relationship esque feel that's coming out of there right now is not good for Przingis's development. Yeah. Free Mello. Um, I'm officially at that point. The Newsday article has kind of gotten to that point. Like when Mello said he didn't want to leave New York, I, you know, respect. If you want to stay where you're from, you want to stay in New York, regardless, ride it out through the good and the bad. I have, you know, that's what you want to do. Well, there's also there's a, a loyalty reason you have a no trade clause, right? I think that we aren't we underappreciate with with Mello is that he he wants to win a championship in New York, and we, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, right. And I, think I just Me- don't think it's going to happen. Well, I think Mello's got a lot of crap over the years for it's only about the money. Well, with Mello, like I do really think it's about New York City, like and playing at home and trying to do everything there. But man, Mello is so visibly frustrated. His numbers have fallen off a cliff. You know, unfortunately, I just don't think he's ever going to get a ring with the Knicks. They're not at that point where they could go. I think to Justin's point, Perzingis development is the most important thing this team needs to be worried about at this point. You have a potential superstar, you know, put it together with him, you know, build the talent he needs around him, start letting him get the reps in clutch situations and in just other situations in general, being the number one option, let him start getting those reps now as he's younger so he can develop, you know, I, the conspiracy theorist in me knows, and I don't even know if it's a conspiracy theory, but I know somehow that LeBron James is going to godfather a Carmelo <laughs> Anthony move. And then, and uh, and then they're going to pick up Chris Bosh. And, uh, no, and Chris then Chris Bosch Paul's going to come over. No, Chris Bosh needs to retire, man. Like, I love Chris Bosh. Like, he needs to stop trying to play basketball. I was watching uh, the Doug Gottlieb show yesterday, uh, which would have been Friday for anybody last Friday for anybody listening, and uh, Doug was saying that he gives Bosch a 25% chance that he will play, that it will be with the Cavs. <laughs> There's a report, too, that Chicago was looking to get I made a back joke by Wade, that. that. That was my most retweeted joke I've ever made. I said, the Bulls looked at the 2011 uh, Heat and said, we want that, but we don't want LeBron. He didn't do anything for that team anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, Back he quietly to, had a really good year that year, too. I know. Oh, yeah. Know. But Bosch is steady underrated. Bosch, up until he had the blood clots, was cooking, too. He was an all-star, on the pace to be an all-star starter. And not even just, like, off the fan vote for being mm-hmm. famous. Like, the statistics backed it up. But back to the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, free mellow. Like, I just think it, the Knicks need to blow it up. The Knicks have needed to blow it up for about 10 years. And they just need to, you know, you have Przingis, which has given you the advantage. You kind of stumbled your way by being bad into him. So, you know. Use that luck to your fortune and start over. You know, do this thing right. Build it up. Get young talent. Just stop trying to go for the home run hit and sign free agents every time. You know, let Melo go. Let him go have the chance to go get a championship. I think he's deserved that over the years. Let him go out on a high note. And, you know, just rebuild it. Like, they need a total organizational rebuild. Next up, we have the Orlando Magic, who are a bit of an interesting case just with the way that rosters fit together. Is They are 18 and 27 right now. Um, it's been a struggle. Yeah, so so I kind of looked at it. Uh, Gordon, who is pretty much the guy going forward for the Magic, his offensive box plus minus and defensive box plus minus are down this year. I don't think he works or is working well at the small forward where they're playing him. Last year when he was playing more at the power forward, his numbers in, in the the box plus minus is, at least were up in that aspect. So I think maybe moving him back may be, may be the way to go. I can't figure out if Gordon is good. Right. So in that aspect, it's, 
kind of clear the logjam down low. It's, it's not that I don't think he's. It's not that I don't think he's good. It's just is is he overhyped at this point, or he, is he just somebody that can only play one position? Well, he gets attention because of the dunks, obviously the highlight dunks, right. and the way that was last year. So I think that goes a long way. I just think Aaron Gordon's out of position. Like Aaron Gordon is meant to naturally play a four. I think he can play some minutes at three, but he's a natural four, and that's why when the Magic constructed from- this roster at the beginning of the season, I thought it was a problem because you know you weren't putting your the guy you want to ideally build around in the right here's position. The, here's the thing he was playing 60 percent of his plays at power forward last year this year he's playing like 94 percent at small forward well you could say the same thing about a lot of players you could right. say thing say, say the same thing about carl anthony towns about boogie cousins but their, num- about, their numbers went up right, right about about paul george who right. was a shooting guard then switched to the small forward right. you could say the same thing about james harden the difference with all these players right here who are great um and they apart adapted. from carl anthony towns on the defensive end because he can't guard fours that's a, a story for another, another day but yes they adapted and the difference is he's aaron not. gordon isn't so but is I, or aaron gordon that good of a i don't I don't think Aaron Gordon's a star, but I think he's a really solid building block. I think he's an excellent defender, and I think if you're the Magic, he's a guy that you want on your team going forward. Like I just think he's probably the right. best player they have. But do you do you alter everything around this one player who is good? No, well, but I think who, you who else is their future? Though. I guess right. Evan Evan Fournier it. to a certain extent. Alfred right. Payton has honestly been but playing even a if lot you, better. No, but that's fine. But they so keep. But they're in their natural positions. I'm saying right. you want Aaron Gordon to play with those two in his natural position. You're not worried about you know. It's just that I didn't like that they went out and got Ibaka and Biombo. Like they should have got I one just, or the other. Well, Biombo. I think well, the idea we, we is need Biombo. A, we and need to stop with this. With this Biombo, like Biombo doesn't make the team worse. Everyone keeps talking about how it's so awful. He, he doesn't make the team worse. We need to stop pretending that having him on that roster makes the team worse. Now you can make the argument for Ibaka because that forces you to play Aaron Gordon out of position. Right. That's fine. Well, that's but, what I mean. But Biombo is not a bad signing. He does nothing. Bad it's not a bad team. signing, but it's repetitive. I'm saying you What's crea- repetitive you about create Biombo? a logjam. You have too many big men. When, right. you, when you have all this money with Vooch and Biombo and Ibaka, Ibaka and Aaron Gordon. Well, not right. Biombo. But, so, but, we don't need to loop Biombo But I'm saying at it. some point you need to clear that logjam, whether it's moving Biombo or whether it's moving Ibaka. My goal for this team, spoiler alert, is trade Serge Ibaka. Like, it's causing a problem. I'm not moving Biombo. But, but Biombo, if, if, if you were to move Biombo, that doesn't unclog the jam at power forward. You could then well, you could because then Abaka could also start playing a lot you of play minutes small at center. Five, yeah. Yeah. Abaka small. doesn't want to play the five. Like this is yeah. the whole thing about Abaka. I know, but it's like, dude, he, we've on. wanted him to forever. <laughs> right. He doesn't want to. So right. you, if you want to unclog the jam, you get rid of Abaka, right? And not be honest. Well, and that's fine. So I'll move Ibaka. Like that. That's my goal here. So okay. move Serge Ibaka. Like I think you could get a ton back. <laughs> Tim just really likes Biombo. No, it's not that I really like it. I'm just tired of Biombo being thrown into this cluster of bad signings when it, the Biombo signing well, wasn't I, I, the It was just signing. the timing was weird with it. Like it was weird that they went out and got him after they had just made the trade for Ibaka. Like it um, without moving Vooch, I guess. The without other, mo- well, <sighs> the lo- the other look at it is you take Biombo. Ibaka was weird. Right. You take a, you take Ibaka and take Biombo. They both come from teams with two really good players and they came to the Magic expecting or, or Magic brought them in expecting similar production when you don't have those two great stars around them. Well, and those those players have have uh, been successful. The one thing about uh, Biombo is the guy's like 23. So it's a good building block. He's a he's young a, He's guy. a nice defensive big off the bench, which you need for your team. We can make right. all the arguments about Ibaka all day, but we got to stop with the Biombo. Okay, okay. That's okay. all. But I think that that's the big thing is is figure out the logjam down. I mean, well, that was exactly what my 
smart goal is for this team <laughs> is was to move performance management goal performance man not smart goal performance management goal uh is to unclog um you know there's there are rumors that abaca wants out if that's the case you got to do it also uh, you know figure out what you're going to do with the uh with the uh, point guard situation yeah if you're going to get Dragic, get him uh but you know, figure right. it out. Right. I do. I would say that um, Alfred Payne has been playing a lot better over the last yeah, couple of weeks. Like, so I'm not sure now's the time. Could you the trade, no, it's it, really weird because like they had, it seemed like everyone had put the nail in Alfred Payne's coffin in Orlando and it was like time to move him. It's not working. And then he just ripped off a 10 game stretch where he's been great. It might be a Herzonia that they need to see what they can well, get. Well, here's my other Dude, question. Herzonia has been so disappointing. Like I had so, like he was one of those guys that I really, really liked in the draft. And I thought he was going to be such a difference maker on that team at the three and it has not gone well i mean granted like i think he suffered a bit from a lack of playing time mm-hmm. as well but i also think even when he's got the minutes he hasn't put up the numbers who um and and maybe this is just a theory i've been spinning around is maybe the trade rumor of for alfred payton lit a fire under him a little bit you know he felt the pressure and now he's you know feeling the need to perform more right you don't want to be one of those players that just yep. doesn't doesn't find your your niche yep. um moving on to the sixers can i go first since you guys are just gonna we can record at least for 15 and 26 you can go first <laughs> you trust the process yet are you down with ttp <laughs> i have nothing wrong with the process um i've i've i just thought i thought that they've doubled and tripled down on their draft picks mm-hmm when they didn't need to. Right. Um, I think we all agree that getting Jaw was tripling down on right. best player available. Oh, yeah, Jaw's a bad pick. Right, when there were other players ahead of him that would have been really good for the team. That being said, I think that it's really important for the Sixers as an organization um, to put some value in your in your players. And, and what I mean by that is treating players right. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are going to ruin Jaw's career by not trading him and i think you owe it to that player Mm -hmm. to admit your mistake and trade him to a team so that he can get a contract when his when that rookie deal do it for john not for your organization that's that's what it was with nerland's it was because nerland's is in a contract year you know john's still on the rookie deal for two years with nerland's he's in a contract year and wasn't getting playing time I mean, that debate's over to me. Anyone that watches Sixers basketball, Nerlens Noel is a better fit with Joel, with, right, whoa, with Joel Embiid. He's a better fit for this team going forward. Pay the man this offseason. I mean, I, they got to trade Ja because, you know, when Ja gets minutes, for all Ja's flaws, like, you know, he went out against the Wiz the other night and put up like 26 and 9. Like, there aren't many guys who can just come out and put that type of number up. I think with Ja, you have to build you know, the team around him. It's the type of guy like Isaiah Thomas that we talked about earlier where he's like Jaleel Okafor will never be good defensively. He is just an awful, awful, awful defender fine he, but but give the kid a chance yeah and, and, a contract and everyone and trade in, him yeah and everyone in philly wants that to happen go go trade him to memphis where he might actually be a really good fit trade him to the spurs where like they like to play those those bigs down there but give the kid a chance and whether or not you get this equal value crap back show some just show some respect for for your players and and that's my one thing with the sixers i will say the sixers are a lot of fun to watch right now the great they direction are. they are yeah. it, it, they, they won that game against uh, i was watching it last night against the portland trailblazers yeah. really close game obviously you had um robert covington that hit like three threes or something right at the end of the game yep. the regulation yeah, back-to-back threes right after uh you know sarge was like one for 13 on the night and it bricked it damien lillard missed that free th- it was really exciting and the sixers are moving in such a great direction but do don't let this be the black cloud. And I I feel so strongly about this because I adamantly believe that the Timberwolves ruined Derek Williams' career. 
And right, I, right, right, I, right. But I honestly believe that because right. they drafted Derek Williams behind Kevin Love. They never developed him. They never gave him the time on the court. And look where he's at now. And I don't think that's so much on him as to how he developed because those years when you get drafted are so precious. I agree. And I mean, for the Sixers, we don't have to spend a lot of time because we always do. But I just said trust trust that process and get Simmons sometimes. when like Don't bring him back early. If he can play, get him some minutes. Let him get into the lineups as well, and just keep doing what you're doing. Like, ben will be back after projection. Ben will be back after the All Star break. Clear the clear the big man logjam. Trade you a little Okafor. Sign re-sign Nolan's Noel. You've got Dario Saric. You've got Ben Simmons in the fold. You've got Covington in the fold. Take damn wagon and let's roll, baby. Mm-hmm. It's been mm-hmm. three years. Like let's go. We're out of the gate. Clear it's the logjam. Like o- Okafor is Hinky's lone mistake. You know that meme where it just says soon win games like yeah. it's not at the point where the like would i love markel fultz in a sixers uniform absolutely i would but we have the lakers pick potentially if they don't go bottom three and we have a swap with the kings you're gonna add two lottery picks win games now it's not about it's not about losing games anymore it's not about growth like and this team is starting to learn how to win games this in this stretch of games that we won recently they weren't winning those games last year the season before or even earlier this year in clutch situations robert covington doesn't make those three pointers. CJ McConnell doesn't make that jumper against the Knicks. You know, it's just the the little things are starting to click by playing together, and that's why they've been fun. Like it's starting to come together. It's what the we've Sixers been going are more for. fun to watch when you think they could win. I think that, any team's more fun to watch when you think they can win. <laughs> right. It's so relieving. It's just like fun to have basketball back, like and be entertaining. Because it was for a little bit in 2014, but like last year, like really took its toll on me. It was yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, but you know, I agree. It's always darkest for the dawn, all that. Uh, Miami Heat, second to last place in the Eastern Conference right now. They're 13 and 30, and mine is simple for Miami sell everything of value. I, and mine too, but that includes Whiteside. Yeah, so I'm trying to find, I'm trying to get down to my H's. Um, <laughs> I said, I said, yeah, mine is tank it out. If you're really going to tank, you do it right. You know, well, they only, the thing is, they only have this year. And right. That's what's so important. Yeah. Right. They, they've given up every other year, like through like 2021. Right. It's really great. And this is a good draft. Like, if you're going to be bad, this is a good draft to be bad for. And Gordon Dragic keeps winning him games. Well, I was saying, if you can get a good haul of young guys for Whiteside, like, I saw, like, they just saw it thrown out there, but, like, Crab and Harkless, there was a few other things from the Portland Trailblazers they were saying they could send. Get a bunch of young guys. Get your pick. You got Winslow coming back next year. Dude, Whiteside would be good on the Blazers. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? I actually slightly really want that to happen, but... So Ooh. that's that's my thing with the Heat. Tank it out. If you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. I'm trading Whiteside. The value's got to be right to trade Whiteside for me, but I am. If somebody gives me a couple of first-rounders or like a first-rounder and a really solid young player, I might go for it. Um, definitely, they got to move Dragic. They won two games this week. Like, they beat Houston this week. That's just a game that if you're trying to tank it out, you should not be winning. That's um, what the they, Suns were doing last year. It was like they would win guys, these random games. Like, come on. Yeah. They, like, they beat Dallas. Like, that's fine. Like, you'll just have to take a process win once in a while. But you got you know, process losses are good for the culture. Is tanking now just collectively the process? No, I don't think so. I just think that there... Uh, I, I don't always... For example, we're going to talk uh, the Western Conference. I guess it's going to be on on the next episode. Um, But we're going to be talking about the Western Conference, and we're going to talk about um, 
the Nuggets. And so for the Nuggets, I don't think the Nuggets need to try to lose. However, I think the Nuggets need to get rid of a few pieces. And so I, I don't think that yeah, I don't think that tanking is always the way to go as much as developing the young talent. There are some teams who don't have like if the Nets could tank because they don't have any good young prospects tank. The Sixers right. don't need to tank anymore because you no. have you have a superstar. And when you have a superstar, you can get free agents. Well, around and that was him. the thing with the Sixers. Like not every tanking process is as just drastic as the Sixers was where they just tore it down and completely started over. I think there are teams that would genuinely benefit from that. But if you have talent like with the Knicks with Porzingis, for example, I don't think you need to go full Sixers and sell everything like you still can like you have a guy to build around in the Nuggets you mentioned like Jokic is a guy to build around like you just got but that doesn't also mean that you should be actively like you know forcing the team to get better and rushing to make the playoffs like if you're not in a position to be great yet sell something of value and build for the future as long as you have your guy that you want to go around there is value in teaching your team how to win yeah, and I, I think that there are situations for that. So Nets, last final one. team. Yeah, we last made it. One, the Brooklyn made Nets, it. nine and thirty-three. Just oh, the net, the poor Nets fans, man. It's rough, and that number one pick is or something high lottery is not going to be theirs this year. My Nets goal is simple: trade Brook Lopez. Yep. I think you got to try to get something back at this point. Brook is great; he can add value somewhere else. I think at the minimum you can get a first rounder for him. You know, they just got to replenish that war chest. We know how beat down it is. Getting any kind of first rounder to add some young talent to the system. You've got Hollis Jefferson. You've got Levert. So, I mean, again, these aren't necessarily game changers, but they're guys that you know you can add to the roster, have them be good players, and you know you need to continue to add young talent that you want to look at and just continue to like you know look in the d league look overseas look just wherever you can add talent and give guys you know 10-day contracts to your friends right now like see everything you know try to find the next robert covington for example a guy who can be a part of your team going forward the next white side i yeah yeah, i have the exact same thing uh if you can get some picks for lopez i would i would pull the trigger I would consider uh, making a phone call to the Boston Celtics over the Nets. Because that would be a very good move. They would really double down the Celtics then in that case of just not rebounding. I mean, that's true, but they they could also, um, it it could really help with their defensive abilities. And the thing, uh, the reason why Brooke Lopez is down this year is he's taking six um, uh, three-pointers a game. And on the Celtics, he wouldn't be required to do that. Six three-pointers a game, which means his uh, Brooke Lopez's uh, greatest gift as a rebounder was how good of an offensive rebounder he was. Mm-hmm. And that's really where his value was. If you were the Celtics, you get a Brooke Lopez. You don't play him on the perimeter like that. Like, he has a great low post game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. I don't understand why the Nets are so, like, we can only play. I, I think it might be they are so scared about him getting injured because they want to be able to sell him. Yeah. That they're just like, don't get anywhere near the post, Brooke. Just just <laughs> shoot the three. Right. Let fly. Six threes a game. You saw uh, Robin Lopez. Uh, he commented. He said he's been practicing threes. He has. They're not game ready yet. But he said, if my brother can do it, I can do it. Right. I mean, <laughs> great. Let him fly, the Lopez brothers. I don't think they want Robin Lopez shooting threes <laughs> at all. And I like Robin Lopez as a player, but God, I don't want him anywhere near the perimeter. I don't. He's got a really good like mid range game though. Yeah. No, he you does. Know? So it's let it fly. I'm all for it. <laughs> oh, there's there's a couple of players where uh, it was the whole Marcus All argument where Marcus All was always taking him like right in the three point line. Right, they were they, falling. So they were like, why don't you just step just, it out? Just step take a we'll step back. Right. Take one or two steps back uh-huh. and you're good. But NBA players, man, they're yep. suspicious or superstitious. Uh, so, yeah, if sometimes you guys, suspicious, too. 
I want to take a moment to tell you about my very favorite NBA podcast. And part of what I like about this podcast in particular is I feel like it just vibes so well with what we do at the Drive and Dish. And that is a fast break breakfast. It's a podcast for serious NBA fans that is incredibly not serious. If you watch League Pass every night but aren't listening to Fast Break Breakfast, you are missing out. Fast Break Breakfast is what happens when you get two musicians and a comic who are overeducated, underemployed, but share an obsession about the NBA, 90s movies, and conspiracy theories. Join the party, and soon you too will be talking about your steak and eggs best thing or arguing who deserves the shameful International Stackhouse of Pancakes trophy. So make sure that you are listening and subscribe to Fast Break Breakfast, a podcast for serious NBA fans that is incredibly not serious. If you guys have a chance, make sure to uh, support either of the podcasts that were on this episode, whether that be Unquestionably Raw or that be the Fast Break Breakfast. Also, any of the other podcasts that uh, happen to be on the 16 Winds of Ring Network, you can yep. go to our website, driveanddishpodcast.com. We have a link on the upper right-hand corner of the page, which mm-hmm. will take you right over to 16 Winds of Ring. And if you support us, please support our sponsor, SeatGeek. They can save you 20 bucks off your next uh, ticket purchase just by using the promo code DISH. Yeah, and check out our social media, Facebook, Drive and Dish NBA Podcast. Give us a like. Follow us on Twitter, Drive and Dish NBA. Follow our Instagram page, Drive and Dish Podcast. Our, our next episode will come out. We'll do the uh, performance management goals for the West. Yep. Yeah, Tuesday or Wednesday. I think we've done enough dancing for today. So why don't we dance Wednesday? See you, Starside. Okay, well, I'm out of here. Get it all right, all right. I think they get the point. <laughs> what you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.